Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Book Journeys Radio, an interview series for authors in transformation. From the basic fundamentals of selecting a book topic and overcoming writer's block to advanced techniques for publishing and marketing your book. Don't forget to check out our complete schedule and archive shows at blogtalkradio.com forward slash book dash journeys. Now, get ready to make a difference with your book with your host, Vice President of the Author Incubator, Jen McRobbie. Hello, everyone. It's February 23rd, and welcome to another episode of Book Journeys Radio. Every week on Book Journeys Radio, we speak to accomplished authors who've gone from just having an idea for a book to a finished book who are out making a difference in the world. And I'm really excited to introduce you to today's author. Her name is Sarah Kravitz. She's a life and career coach, and the title of her book is going to make you want to go out and buy it right now. So log on to Amazon and search Just Tell Me What I Want, and go ahead and buy it while Sarah and I are doing the intro. (laughs) So, Sarah, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Oh, you cut out just when when you asked the first question, so repeat it one more time. I'm so sorry. Oh, weird. Yeah, I just said, Sarah, thank you for coming on the show today. Oh, thank you for having me. It's so great to be here. I'm happy to have you. I'm sorry if there were some weird technical difficulties. I usually ask the authors um, to tell our listeners um, what their book is about and who it's for. But before I have you go on and do that, I feel like I have to read to our listeners the very first sentence um, in the description of your book (laughs) because I think it will give them a really good idea. So Just Tell Me What I Want by Sarah Kravitz. Um, This book is for anyone who has ever been told to follow their bliss and then immediately wanted to punch that person in the face. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so can you tell us more about that? So, yeah, that... um that's kind of been the driving force behind the book all along, right? Like I am a life coach, which is probably one of the cheesiest professions out there. And (laughs) I am also from New York city and I am also cynical and I am sarcastic. So a lot of the book is about me trying to um, reach people who have that duality, right? Who do want their Mm. lives to be better and more fulfilled and more passionate and they don't want to use any of that terminology, right? That terminology is just like, it feels too cliche. It feels too right. something, you know, you're, they're real people with real emotions who are feeling real, you know, lack in their lives. And for some reason, when you tell someone to follow their bliss, it's just like, oh, right, because I never thought of that. You know, thank you for saying that. Um, <laughs> right. Oh, that's the one so thing that I just hadn't done yet, right? Yeah, exactly, right? Like, oh, my God, thank God you're here. Um, (laughs) So it's really about, like, for me, trying to bring in that people, those people who um, are skeptical of self-help books and, you know, Mm. with good reason, um, but also, you know, letting them feel their feelings, you know? Um, Right. So that's kind of what I was going for with with that tone. No, and I, I absolutely love it, which is why I had to I had to set the tone of the interview that way because I feel like, you know, a lot of people talk about self-help in, like, hushed tones, like, oh, my mm-hmm. gosh, you know, you, totally. can you believe it? But yet we're all reading them behind closed doors, right? Yeah. Oh, my God, exactly. <laughs> 
Exactly. That's the thing, right? Is that for some reason we're stuck in this culture. It's cynical about us figuring out what we want and having purpose-driven work and meaningful work, right? And right. the idea of saying follow your passion makes some people legitimately want to vomit. So how do we <laughs> reconcile those two things? And yes. for me, so how it's do been we? about creating... Exactly. So it's, it's about creating a language and creating a space for people to legitimately have their feelings and to say, look, I don't know what I want. I don't have a passion. And does that mean I just don't have one and I don't get one? Like, am I the one person who was born without it? And everyone else is just like following their bliss because that's what you do. But guess what? I don't have a bliss and maybe I really don't have one. And so it's taking, you know, how do you deal with that? Right. What if you are the one person who was born without a bliss? Right. And then what do you do? Are you doomed to be unhappy and a failure for the rest of your life? Right. Exactly. Like, so now that's it. We're done. We're done with you. You drew the short straw and you're, and you're gone. Right. So when, if you're in a situation that, you know, you've been working in jobs for a while that just are not getting you where you want to go and you don't even know if you're in a field that you want to be in and they're just driving you down and, you're in such a depleted state that like to go from that level of exhaustion and, you know, just sadness or, you know, harshness to go to like, Oh yeah, joy. You know, that's, that's a lot to ask. You know, that's a lot to ask of somebody. That's a lot to ask of people. So what I try to do with my book is allow people to just be where they are. Right. Like if you don't love something right right now, don't try to love something right now. You don't need to love anything right now. What's the thing you hate the least? You know, what's the thing that, you are the most jealous of what is the thing that you are embarrassed to tell everybody that you want, you know, are you mm. hiding your self-help books? Like you said, um, right. why, what is so shameful about that? And so just using all of the dark areas, right. All of the places that people feel like they need to change and fix before they can have what they want. And I want to start with things. I want to use those right now because those are the things that are the most accessible. You know, listening to you talk about this, it, it just it makes me breathe a sigh of relief. <laughs> like, no, but I mean, in a great way. It's like, yeah, you can just be who you are in this given moment, and that doesn't mean anything about you know this following your bliss or that you're not passionate or anything like that. That it's perfectly acceptable to just be while mm-hmm. you're trying to figure out what will make you more blissful or more passionate. Mhm. Exactly. Exactly. Such and a also relief. when you're yeah, and the idea that also bliss is this like ultimate finite and also unshakable state, right? Like once you've <laughs> followed your bliss, you know, you're never you're always going to be in bliss, right? Like there's right. never going to be a feeling other than bliss. Yeah, and once I became happy, I never stopped being happy like ever in my life, right? Exactly. <laughs> Exactly, right? And people <laughs> genuinely feel that way. You know, they're just like, I am supposed to be blissful all the time. I'm supposed to be passionate all the time. And there is no reprieve for any other emotion now other than bliss and joy. And right. that's a lot of pressure to put on a person. And that's, you know, that's crazy. It's just not true. It's not real. It's not anything that anybody can achieve. You can have an incredibly passionate life. You can have an incredibly blissful life. And you can still have to do the laundry. Mm-hmm. That uh, so, I think that's like, Absolutely amazing. <laughs> this is absolutely amazing. How did you how did you come about this topic then to write on? Did you was this personal experience? Was it the experiences of your clients? 
Well, no, because I've always lived a very blissful and passionate life, so I never had any experience <laughs> with any of this. Um, yeah, it was totally, you know, secondhand, like from what I've heard. Um, <laughs> no, one of the upsides about struggle, right, one of the upsides about doing a lot of work to follow your bliss and reading self-help books in secret and, um, you know, knowing there's something out there, but like not knowing at all what it is or what it could be or what you you know, anything else about it other than you want something else other than what your reality is. Right. Um, going through that means you can write a book. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's just, yeah. I mean, it's it's certainly, I think one of the things that's really interesting right now is that I'm, I'm one of the very, I'm one of the, I don't know how to say this, I'm like the oldest of the millennials, right? Like I'm, if you, mm. if you look in some studies, I'm like the top level of millennials in terms of age. Right. And, so what you'll notice is the way that millennials work and look for work and think about work is very different um, now. So, I mean, there's a, you know obviously there's an incredibly volatile landscape in terms of the work world and people are working very yes. differently now. But one of the things that seems to bind people together is the is the need for mission driven work and work that inspires them. So mm-hmm. it's just also being on that cusp right where a lot of these traditional jobs were starting to go away and right. you know these things that just weren't available anymore and then how do you figure that out and then you also like you know you work 35 40 hours a week if you're lucky right you know for a lot of people right. it's a lot more than that and that's a pretty big chunk of time so it'd be nice to not hate those 34 35 or 40 <laughs> hours a week right and, that um, would be incredible, right? <laughs> right? Like, is that really so much to ask for? Um, and I definitely hated those 35, 40-hour weeks for a while and knew that it was just um, there had to be something else. Like, this could not be life. This could not be what it was. Um, no matter what it was, it just could not be this. Yeah. I think millennials, I'm not of the millennial generation, I'm of the generation X, so if you're mm-hmm. a millennial and you're listening, you're probably thinking of me as an old lady sitting in a room somewhere, but um, for me, it was, it, no, exactly, not even close, but for me, like, I so get what you're saying, because, you know, my parents both worked fairly traditional jobs, where they were in the office, you know, they went in at X time, they came home at B time, and It's just what they did, and they tried to drive me to go in that direction too, and that just sounded so Mm -hmm. (laughs) soul-sucking to me. Yeah, oh, totally. And so I I think millennials really have this – this really wonderful opportunity in front of them because we have all discovered now that soul-sucking doesn't really get you anywhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so. and also the flip side of that, right, is that, and I, and I talk about this in my book because I lived through this part of it also, is the tremendous amount of guilt that a person can feel when yes. they have every opportunity at their fingertips, right, and you still oh my can't gosh. figure out what you want. Mm-hmm. So yes, like that is a good point. To, yeah, like imagine, you know, it's just like, oh, here's my nine to five job, but there's only so many of them available. This is kind of just what people do right now. There's, you know, it, it, there might be some limitations in that, right? But it's kind of like a structure that we've all signed up for. Mm-hmm. But the, the flip side is that now people have the opportunity, right? Which is a double-edged sword, but 
there's mm-hmm. also the pressure to then, like, well, you have the Internet and you can work from home and you can, you know, change your job every three to five years. And right. if you can do all that and you still can't figure out what you want, then, you know, then there what's must wrong be with something you? wrong with you. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Wow. You know, the, there's so much information on this topic and, and basically how you can go about you know, my um, husband's, I think it's my husband's dad, or it comes somewhere in their family. But the the saying is, there are as many ways to live as there are people in the world. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. knowing that, how do you condense all that down into one book <laughs> to help people learn to figure out what they want in life? That's, wow, well, you know, that's that's a fun book to write, too. Um, yeah. <laughs> my God. But I think, you know, what's interesting is that there are, you, exactly, right, there are as many ways to live as there are people in the world. And, you know, somehow we all decided that there were like 30 acceptable ways to live. And if you want to be somebody who lives outside of one of those 20 to 30 accessible ways to, you know, acceptable ways to live, what do you do? You know, do you kind of like mold yourself into one of these pre-existing forms or do you break a mold, go against the grain, do something that doesn't look like what other people are doing and experience that terror, right, that, mm. is, it, that is in doing something that there is no pre-existing model for. And right. the thing about that is that, you know, you, the, the freeing part is that you're never, you have no idea whether you're doing it right or wrong. And the terrifying part is that you never, you don't know if you're doing it right or wrong. And so to allow, <laughs> right, and for some people who want to know that they are doing it right, they are on the right path, they want to know that they are checking the boxes, you know, structure is great. And that, right. you know, ironically enough, I'm a pretty structured person, so I put structure in my own life the way that I need to do it just to, you know, for my own sanity. Um, but it's it can be really challenging when you're doing things that nobody's done before and you don't know what they're supposed to look like. and. Right the only way you know if you ever got it right sometimes is in hindsight. So that's also a tremendous amount of pressure to put on somebody when we're not taught that in school. You know, school is not designed for that. Um, College is not designed for that. Master's degrees are not designed for that. So essentially, if you are going to start going into business for yourself, even if you have a bunch of friends who are in business for themselves, even if you have a parent who's in business for themselves, you also do have to reinvent the wheel a little bit. Because it is how are you going to present yourself? How are you going to talk to the people who need you? How are you going to, you know, make yourself different? Um, So it is also being willing to live without as many answers as maybe a pre-existing model would give you. Mm, That makes sense. We all have to be willing to sort of fail on our own terms, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And we are definitely a culture that embraces failure. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) <laughs> definitely yeah. that's that's you know pretty much Not the top of everyone's list we're being facetious yeah. everyone if you're listening oh, totally. so start talking about how many times you failed and see you know how well that goes over um, exactly talk about wanting to punch someone in the face that's when that when that happens <laughs> right <laughs> yeah yeah exactly exactly so when when you were writing your book how did you how did you gather all of these thoughts that you have and, and put them into a coherent piece? Mm. That's, a great, that's a great question. Um, 
three different answers to that question, right? The one, the first answer is like, it, you know, over six years of living this very unfulfilling existence um, that, you know, you, you develop a certain number of thoughts with that. Um, right. The other was that I was lucky enough to um, have a job where like a certain number of mornings a week, I would have an hour of unscheduled time. And I just took that. Like I just seized it and would start writing stuff down. Um, nice. And the other, yeah, right? Like that's another thing um, that people, you know, who are at traditional jobs who are maybe looking to make a switch should think about doing, right, is that do you really owe the company all of your time or can you carve out a tiny bit for you? Can you be a tiny bit mm-hmm. rebellious? Just mm-hmm. right out there. Um, and also I'm I'm a life coach, right? I was trained by Martha Beck. So a lot of these things that I think about all the time are things that I genuinely want to be thinking about and, you know, look to reinforce um, with client work, right? They're all things that, like, clients have gone through, that I've gone through, that we've all kind of lived through. So it is um, an amalgamation of, like, you know, the past and the present of my own experience of, of what it's like to live through that and then also coaching people through that experience, right? Like, you know, it's one thing to do it yourself and you kind of know your own thresholds and what you can handle and, you know, how to get yourself out of certain situations, but then being able to walk people through that experience, um, it's incredibly, it's incredibly humbling and it's an incredibly wonderful experience because you're asking people who are not designed to be, you know, to be like hopeful people, right? If you're anything like me, I am like cynical. Like I do not want to show my vulnerable side to you. And you're, so you're taking people like us and you're giving us space to be, like I, I read self-help books, you know, like I've, I want to want something, you know. Right. Um, and for us, this feels like the deepest, darkest secret in the world, you know. Like we're not just going to like write it off and be sassy and breathe by it. Like we actually do <laughs> want things. Um, so being able to kind of work with people in that end and, and, and help them get a handle on things that they do want and then the bravery that it takes to then turn around and declare that to the world. Um, that's kind of all where where the book came from. I love that. I, I love that. When did you publish, Sarah? I published December fifteenth of two thousand sixteen. So okay, so we, right, but we still got, we've got a couple of months under our belt. And what's the best thing that's happened since you published the book? Like sort of in relation to publishing the book. Oh man. Um, one thing I don't even I mean the best part is you get a book right <laughs> you wrote a <laughs> <Right>. book <laughs> um I you know when I just when I reached out to Angela Loria the publisher um the difference press publisher I the, I had one thing on my bucket list and it was to write a book and now oh. six months later seven months later I have a book so that's been really incredible. Um, and then also having people read it and getting emails that are like, you, did you, you could have written this book for me. Like this uh. basically was just written for me. Um, that's tremendous, you know, to make people, especially because I know that how alone I felt when I was going through that. And then right. having people feel less alone and that there is somebody who understands them and what can feel so tremendous at the time is actually just like, you know, a really hard phase that you're going through, but you'll get out of it right. because we get out of everything. Right. So, well, and other people have walked that path before you, 
as evidenced mm-hmm. by your book, and, and it will it will be okay, right? Yeah, as much as it does not feel like it at the time, right? And at the time, you are just in it, right. and you are like, no, no, except for me. Like everyone, it worked out for everybody, good for all of you, but I'm the one who, who won't get out of this alive. So um, right. being able to kind of offer that lifeline, even just a tiny bit, has been super rewarding. Oh, that's that's. I mean, I I can see where well that would make you blissful on a regular basis mm-hmm. if you get emails basically <laughs> from other people saying, hey, you know, you basically changed my life or made me feel not so alone. That's the secret. You can't tell anyone. <laughs> exactly. Ironically enough, it's kind of blissful. <laughs> well, now that yeah. write a book is off of your bucket list, is your bucket list completely empty or are you refilling it? I mean, yeah, that's the thing, right? So the other thing <laughs> is when you when you figure out what your what you know, for all the people out there who hate me for saying this, but when you figure out what your bliss is or you figure out something that you want to do more than you want to do other things, um, right. you got to repopulate that list. So right now it's um, I'm developing – so I have one coaching program that I offer right now, which I love, which is How to Find Your Purpose When You Have No Idea What It Is, which is uh. also the subtitle of my book. Um, and it's an eight-session program with people that's just a really great way to kind of dive into where you are now, what are the things that are holding you back, and try to identify that you can pursue, right, that you don't hate too much. Right. Because um, <laughs> I understand that bliss is a tall goal and no one's pushing you to bliss. And and, and it's not really fair. You know, I, I, it's not fair to ask people to kind of to try to impose that on themselves. So it's com- people coming up with a plan um, for something that they can pursue to give their life more meaning, to be more satisfied, to mm. know that, you know, there is something that they can do to be fulfilled. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I think I want to go run and like sign up right now. So <laughs> <laughs> if anyone listening feels the same way I do, where can they find you, Sarah, to sign up for for that program or anything else that you have coming out in the future? Yeah, so my website is uh, super easy. It's just my first name and last name, .com, so sarahkravitz.com, um, and I am Sarah without an H. Um, or just Google, just tell me what I want, and that will come up, and, and you can schedule a strategy session through there as well. Perfect. It's perfect. You know, I think a lot of people listen to this radio show, podcast, and they want to write a book, but they haven't or can't bring Mm -hmm. themselves to or something is stopping them and they don't quite know what it is do Mm -hmm. you have any advice for that person who's listening right now and thinking you know oh I'm not Sarah there's no way I can you know put my thoughts together in a book totally uh yeah my, my piece of advice for anybody who's thinking about writing a book and is unsure is to write a book um (laughs) it's just there's no experience like it. It is humbling and wonderful and terrifying and infuriating. And the sense of accomplishment and purpose that you feel when it's over is pretty unparalleled. I also would like to say that if you are somebody who is worried, this is, and again, I'm speaking from experience. If you are somebody <laughs> who is worried that you don't, um, you don't have enough structure to what it is that you're saying yet and you think yes. I just need to learn a little bit more or do a little bit more or interview a few more people, then you know you're really ready to write a book. That's like your 
clue that you should just start writing tomorrow. Because so feeling like you feeling like you need to do more means you should write your book. Exactly. Yeah. 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 If you are somebody who's just like, yeah, in six months I'll have it all figured out. Write tomorrow. Just start writing tomorrow. (laughs) Um, Just because writing the book is what will give you all of the answers that you think six months from now you will have. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that makes so much sense because you grow and change during the process of writing a book, don't you? Oh, totally. You become, you become, you know, you you know this. Angela says this all the time. You become the person who wrote a book, and right. what it what it does is it it really forced me to structure everything in a way that I could then give to somebody who didn't know what I was talking about or who felt a certain way but didn't have all of the tools and the training that I did and say, here, this is what I know. I think it can help you, and I'm putting it in a way that I I know you will understand it and I know you will get something out of it. And that doesn't come until you write the book because when you're researching, you're still thinking about what you know and thinking about, well, I just need to make sure that I know enough and that nobody reads this book and they're like, oh, well, she didn't, she didn't know about that, so this book is useless, you know? Right. But it's, right? Like, if I had just known that one more fact, you would have all thought I was smart enough to write this book. Um, <laughs> but it's, you know, the good, the, the good news is um, you'll always, you know, that's why they have second books. <laughs> right. Well, and is there going to be a second book for you, or was the process such that you're just like, yeah, no, I've checked that off my list, and this is it? I would mean, I would love for there to be a second book. Um, That's definitely the goal right now. I would love to do a second and a third and a fourth book. Um, The process of writing for me is, is, like I said, um, it really helps me structure how I think, right? Um, Because it gives me a platform to build from. And then when I write, I know that it's not just about me. It's about other people, right? It's not just me knowing these things because that, you know, who cares if I know these things or if I don't know these things. It's about if other people can understand what I'm saying and if, and if it's useful for them, right? If the whole point of me imparting information on people is to better their lives, then we know if it's a good book, whether somebody read it and understood it or read it and it did something for mm. them. Like it's not whether or not I think I'm smart or I think I wrote a good book. It's about whether or not the book has been in any way, shape, or form useful for somebody else. And that makes so much sense. And and that yeah. leads me to say to any of our listeners who are dying to get to know you that they need to follow you through your website or on Facebook um, because it sounds like if you release more books, it's all going to be about the evolution of Sarah and her business and um, her thinking <laughs> and her platform. So that just makes me want more from you. So can you get to writing like right away? Oh, <laughs> I would love that. Thank you. <laughs> oh my God. Um, yeah, I I do have a blog that I write for intermittently, and I do guest posts with um, a website called Our Body Book, which is the online wellness community for Cameron Diaz wrote two books, one called Our, The Body Book and one called The Longevity Book, and they're brilliant books about um, – women and their bodies and their minds and you know there's biological information in there and there's emotional and psychological information there they're really brilliant resources Um, I think of them as like an updated version of our bodies ourselves almost 
Um, Excellent. And yeah, and what translated is a um, an online resource for women who are interested in, in in holistic wellness. So they have like recipes, and they have exercise, and they have all this great stuff. And I've started writing for them pretty regularly. Um, so you can also find me there, along with a whole bunch of other really great stuff. It's fantastic. Yeah. I'm so sad. We're already at the end of our time, Sarah. I feel like I could oh, so keep so chatting fun. with you for hours. <laughs> I know. This is so fun. Thank you so much, Jen. This was oh, no, thank you. I'm, you. I'm so glad that you came on the show. It's been a pleasure talking to you, too. And again, if you're looking for Sarah, if you're listening and you're looking for Sarah, you can find her at sarahkravitz.com or just go to Amazon right now and type in Just Tell Me What I Want, and buy her book, and read it, and absorb all of the information that she has for how you can follow your bliss and not punch people in the face along the way. <laughs> that is the goal, to not punch people that in the face. That is the goal. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you so much, Sarah. <laughs> Thank you, Jen. Take care. This has been another episode of Book Journeys Radio, where we're changing the world one book at a time. To find out more about how you can get your book written, published, and promoted, visit www.theauthorincubator.com.